Welcome to Sane Split, a podcast about staying sane when relationships end. I am AJ Jakubowska, family law lawyer and mediator. Just like you, I'm human. I understand what can happen when people separate. Lots of questions swirling around like confetti. Lots of uncertainty, perhaps anger, disappointment, or even pain. Sleepless nights, shallow breathing. Will I ever be happy again? Will the kids be okay? How much is all this going to cost? All of these questions are human and you're not alone. This podcast features my thoughts about separation and my interviews with other humans who help people when their relationships end. People who assist with legal issues, who mediate, who look after hearts and minds, and even after the pocketbook. People who might help you plan your future. What you will hear is not legal advice. These are dialogues primarily about the human aspect of separation. We will try to stay away from legal lingo. It's humans talking to humans. I hope that something you hear will help you navigate your way to a sane split. Welcome and thank you for tuning in. Our topic for today is change and how to navigate it in the context of a separation. Let's consider the definition of the word. The verb is defined as make or become different and take or use another instead of. The noun is defined as the act or instance of making or becoming different. I think the last one applies the most accurately to our discussion today. The act or instance of making or becoming different. Separation does that. It's an act that triggers change, sometimes manageable, sometimes overwhelming, often depending on who initiates it and how it's managed. My guest today is Anissa Feely O'Brien, and it gives me great pleasure to share with you our conversation recorded earlier this week. Anissa is a mom, wife, and a proud naturalized Canadian. She's also Irish, and those roots in the land of her birth remain very strong. If you take a look at her website, it's a reflection of Anissa's identity as both Irish and Canadian. I love that about her. Take a look at the website. You will learn more about her there. Anissa is both a family law lawyer and an immigration lawyer. She practices in Whitby, Ontario, and I have included a link to her website in the episode notes. When I was thinking of navigating change as a topic for this episode, she came to mind virtually immediately. Why? Because she has actually lived through significant change and is able to speak about it from a personal perspective. She also understands change as a professional working in two areas of the law which are virtually synonymous with change family, and immigration law. 
I am confident you will find our conversation interesting and hopefully helpful to you in some way. Anissa, welcome to the podcast and thank you very much for agreeing to do this and joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to see you again and talk to you again. <laughs> thank you very much, Anissa. The pleasure is mine. Uh, tell us a bit about yourself, please, because I wanted our listeners to know why I thought you would be the perfect guest to discuss our topic for today, which is navigating change in the context of separation? Um, you know, uh, it's funny when people ask that question is posed to a person. I think it strikes fear in everybody talking about themselves, who they are, what they are, what they represent. Um, I'm a family and immigration lawyer, um, born in Ireland, a little town in the west of Ireland called Galway. Uh, I have been uh, living here in Canada for a little over nine years, no, 10 years, actually, 10 years living here. Um, actually, coming up, and why I say nine years, um, I've been called to the bar in Ontario uh, for nine years uh, in September, um, married to a wonderful uh, Canadian man, and we have four lovely children. Um, and, you know, uh, Talking about my children, bringing them into the, the conversation, you know, I always say um, my children are blessed in that, you know, they have an Irish mom and a, a Canadian dad. And we actually got uh, a gift uh, from their opa, which is their, their grandfather, who actually is a first generation immigrant himself. And on the, the gift, was it was a T-shirt for each of them. And it was a tree. And on the, the, the tree, um, it was a full picture of a tree, but it had the roots. And it said, born in Canada with Irish roots. So, uh, you know, I truly believe that's what well, my children are, <laughs> to me, <laughs> at least. What a beautiful story, even though you and I are yeah. friends. I've never heard yeah. this before. And so I take it he had these T-shirts custom made because it would be a virtual miracle if he yes. happened to find yes. something like that. You're nodding your head. I can see you yes, in the he video. Did. He, he did. He had them made for uh, for a birthday. But it was very nice, um, you know, for for my in-laws to recognize that. It was nice, you know, to have the Irishness recognized and, you know, realize that that's what my children are too, right? They have... They're blessed to have the two, uh, the two of us. Because Canada lets us celebrate our roots, yeah. doesn't it? I'm of Polish descent, as I'm sure people can guess from my last name. So uh, it's terrific that your family celebrates uh, your children's uh, heritage, both Canadian and Irish. When I think of change, Anissa, in the context of family law, I think about two groups of people. Uh, number one, those who want to make the change. In other words, they want to separate. And number two, those who have change foisted on them uh, with the other party making the decision to separate. Actually, um, in everyday life outside the separation context, that general characterization works as well, I think. Changes we want to make versus changes we have to make. I am presuming that the move from Ireland to Canada was something you planned and we're looking forward to. But I also expect that along with it came changes that you had to make as a consequence of the move, necessary changes. Am I right about that? Absolutely. Um, and it's an interesting question because I think I can answer that 
from the two perspectives. Um, you know, putting in place that it was definitely something I envisioned for myself. Um, I always saw myself living in Canada. Um, I spent a summer in Vancouver and fell in love with the country and the people, the culture, everything about it. I always saw myself here. Um, there was, it was, when I came here that summer, it was like a second home for me. Um, but again, it happened when I had, there was times in my mind where I had planned it would happen. And when I qualified in Ireland, um, you know, I came out as a solicitor at a time when, you know, the Celtic Tiger was no, no more. And the economy, you know, we were going through a recession. Um, there was lots going on in Ireland at the time. And, you know, it kind of got, you know, I lost my job and I'd been through all this education. And, you know, what do you do? And, you know, I thought I would have a few years experience under my belt before I made the move to Canada. And, you know, it just didn't really happen. And um, so, you know, the change, be it that's something that I wanted to make, it got pushed upon me, uh, you know, at a time in my life when I didn't think it would. And it was just, okay, this is what it is. Let's just roll with it and, and, and see how we, can, uh, how we can make it work. So do you think that having experience with this change in your life, the move, has given you a better insight into what our clients are going through when they separate? I do. Um, but I also, you know, have to, when I talk to my clients, um, that come to me, people who have separated, you know, I tell everybody that this circumstance is completely personal to them and nobody is, can tell them how they are supposed to feel, uh, what this is supposed to be about. And you can't talk about, you know, Tom next door separated and this is what happened to them and this is what they did. Um, you know, I think it's very important that the client is made aware um, you know, that yes, this is a very tough time for them in their life, but they cannot in any way, shape or form compare that to anybody else. And, you know, I can't compare myself to them either. Um, all I can do is tell them that, you know, they've reached a point in their life where change is either required um, or has been pushed upon them. And it's now time to, with my assistance, I hope, um, get through that change in a way that gets them on to the next phase in their life. You and I share that sentiment very much so. Uh, sometimes I have clients who come to me and are frankly weepy and they say, you know, it's been six months and I still cry at night. Is this normal? I mean, there, there is no normal. Um, you know, if you're uh, if you're experiencing the kind of grief that is interfering with your life a year later, I think it makes sense for you to seek some help, speak to your physician, perhaps consider a counselor to see whether whether there is an issue and whether you need some some active assistance. But but there is no prescription for how people are to handle a separation. And as you said very wisely, it's a very very individual thing, and. I expect that you your answer would be similar when it comes to your immigration clients. Immigration is synonymous with change. And it's very interesting to me that you have combined the two areas of law in your practice. So perhaps you could share with us a little bit about 
uh, change in the context of an immigration file. Uh, So I think here I I probably can offer a little bit more of an insight, having gone through the process myself, uh, AJ, uh, being uh, an immigrant to Canada. I think... um, Going through the process, going through the paperwork, going through the administrative delays, you know, realizing, uh, recognizing the, you know, it's impatience, it's frustration. Um, but what's, what's great about coming to me and talking to me about that is I feel like everybody likes a good news story. Everybody likes to hear something positive. So on a day you get it, and a lot of my clients are clients that are reuniting with family members from abroad. It's been quite a long time since they've seen that person and you know their heart is breaking they're not with their significant other or their mom or their dad or their child um you know i think being able to provide the positive you know experience that i went through it took a little time but we got through it i'm here i'm living it uh, and people tend to you know by the time i'm finished talking with them they've come back to to earth <laughs> in terms of how they're feeling and realizing that, you know, while these things are might take longer than anticipated, uh, the changes that will that it will bring are all truly worth it because I'm here and I'm a success story as far as I'm concerned. And I think that's something that it's unique to me that I can offer to them um, because it, it is difficult. It, you know, as with every separation and every immigration, it's, you know, they all are their unique set of circumstances. And, you know, clients sometimes really, truly just want to have a conversation with a human uh, and not just their the person that's going to talk to them about the law. Our conversation is human to human, most of yeah. all, lawyer to lawyer second. Isn't that right? Right. Yes. You and I, you and I both think that way. Yeah. Um, I love the comments about uh, your immigration practice because I don't practice in the area and I always learn something from you. And it sounds to me like the practice of immigration law is also filled with emotion, the ups and downs, a wide range of emotions, just like in family law. So my listeners will know that I love hypotheticals. So I wanted to run through a couple of uh, uh, sort of, they're not really hypotheticals, but l- let me let me explain what I mean. Uh, imagine uh, a person sitting in front of you in your office who has decided to end a relationship. So what advice about change would you give them? This is, again, the person who has decided to make a change uh, the person who is initiating the separation, Anissa? So when I'm faced with that type of client, you know, I have to remember this is not a decision that has been entered into lightly. It's likely one that they have wrestled with for quite some time. And, you know, they have not only have they taken the step to come and see a family law lawyer in terms of figuring out what they need to do to get to the next stage in their life, but they've now chosen to end a relationship that they have been in, you know, either for a long time or a short time. And, you know, the change that they wanted, you know, likely it's been, they've been craving it for a very long time. And, you know, I have to tell, uh, tell them the changes that come with the separation is welcomed by them. Right. So their mind is open. They've come to you. They've made the decision. And now they want to get to that point. Um, I always tell people 
who've made that decision, they have to live with their decision. And that's not always an easy thing to do. And it's not always an easy thing to do when we think of it in terms of children and all of that, right? You know, but I, I try and tell the person, you need to own your decision and realize that the day will come when we, we're no longer client and, and, uh, and a lawyer. And, you know, you will realize why you made the decision you made. And while, you know, you've made the decision and you're wracked with guilt and you've got all of these feelings, the day will come where, where you know it was the right thing to do. And I think owning the decision is, is realistically, you know, something that has to be done because that assists me in terms of guiding them through the process. Um, because if there's any guilt or, or any remorse, it's very difficult for them to be able to separate the emotion of the separation from the practicality behind it. Very good point. Let's consider the other side of the coin. I'm interested to hear what your take would be in advising the person on the receiving end, the one that's facing an avalanche of change ahead, uh, the one who had the decision foisted on them. So what would your advice be human to human and lawyer to client? Mm -hmm. So this person obviously is somebody that's coming to the table. Um, and as you said, it's been forced upon them. Sometimes they have no idea. Um, and, and sometimes they've known that it's been, um, it's been coming. Um, and unfortunately, uh, I find this type of client, you know, it's difficult for them. They live in the past. Uh, they tend to they tend to go back. What could I have done differently? How could I have changed? What could I have? Um, how could I have handled things? Would we? What if? And all of that. Um, and I think this person needs um, a little bit more in terms of the personalization, because they need to understand and need to recognize that they are worth more than being in a relationship where somebody wanted to leave. That they, it's fair to say that they deserve more, so to speak. And um, I always tell people, and, you know, and I do use myself as an example in terms of, you know, being faced with change in life and having to adapt. You know, we are resilient creatures. And no matter what happens, we're able to adapt to the changes in our environment, sometimes without even realizing they're happening. And if you can get that through to your client after the first meeting, you know, I really believe that you'll have worked wonders because unfortunately that type of person, you know, is the one person I think that needs to be able to understand why the change is happening. And sometimes we don't have the answers for that. Um, you know, we don't, all we can do is get, as I tell them is get them to the new change, you know, something new is coming and, you know, to realize and recognize how powerful they are, um, uh, in getting through this change. And it's going to be again, another time where the day will come and they will, they won't even know it. And they will wake up one day and be like, now I know why that change happened. I, I love the point about. Uh, making them recognize they can be powerful 
I hear from my clients a lot, and I've talked about this in previous episodes, that they often feel like they've lost all all control. When the decision is made for them, they feel uh, disempowered. And I think if you talk to a person in that situation the way you have just described and explain to them that they can actually empower themselves through this change. Um, it's difficult to talk to a person whose heart is broken in terms of uh, this is for the good. You can't do that in the first meeting. No. You may not be able to do it in a second meeting. But but that that will come to them, and they have an opportunity to reinvent themselves. Um, and you talked about uh, the initial stages of that dialogue. Uh, I find with the person who was on the receiving end of the decision it takes a few reinforcements because they are obviously very sad and these emotions come in waves and one day uh, they will be okay with the situation, not great about it, but okay with it. And then the next appointment, they will be very, very sad and that discussion will have to take place again. So I find that for the person who was on the receiving end, it's a much longer process right. sometimes and, and yeah I agree with you I do I do I agree I think um you know being on the receiving end and and as you know having this uh, forced upon a person is you know it, it does take uh you know it does take a lot longer I believe in terms of coming uh coming to terms uh with where they are um but you know I think uh, as counsel um you know and I recognize you know we're here to do a job uh, you know, and we're here to advise our clients and all of that. We also have to understand uh, that the person that's sitting across from the table from us um, is going through a very difficult time in their life and likely something they didn't even think was going to ever happen. Um, so, you know, I, I do believe to a certain extent, you know, we have to be patient and we have to understand. And sometimes we are like parrots where we, we have to repeat ourselves. Um, but, you know, when the when it comes to the end of the day and the file is done, you know, I get to have a client um, not thank me in terms of, you know, thank you got me through it. You know, we got to the end and, you know, be it not the ideal situation or not where they found themselves being, um, you know, it's a better outcome than where they previously were, as I as I say, uh, in a relationship with somebody that, you know, didn't want to be there. Very important point. So from your uh, travels between continents, so to speak, mm -hmm. your move from Ireland to Canada, uh, Anissa, any general tips to people facing separation and navigating change? I think it's clear, you know, for me, I always tell people, you know, change is the only constant in life that there is. Truly, it, there is nothing else, be it a decision we've made, a decision that's been forced upon us. Um, it really, really is the only thing in life that occurs. Um, there's just no way around it. Um, you know, life uh, changes daily, you know, and things will never, for a person going through a separation, I think, you know, going through it, going through that, it'll never go back to the way it was. And um, I have to remind people, um, you know, 
it doesn't matter how the change came about, why the change happened is always obvious. Not today, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but it will become clear to them. And, you know, for myself, you know, moving to Canada, maybe two, three, four years earlier than expected, um, maybe I wouldn't have met my husband, maybe I wouldn't have had my children, you know, who knows. Uh, And, you know, you just, I think, again, I, I bring it back to how strong we are in terms of our ability to adapt to the changes in our environment. And, you know, I think you're right when you say, you know, the need to empower a person. I think that is, that's truly what we need to do. And uh, it's in all of us. And, you know, if we couldn't get through change, uh, you know, we wouldn't be living, in my opinion. I agree. Fabulous comments. Uh, I, uh, I knew you would be the right person to discuss this topic today, Anissa. Uh, And now, uh, off topic, some of my favorite subjects, including food. So one of my favorite podcasts is Alan Alda's Clear and Vivid. And you will find a note about it, uh, a mention of it in the episode note. Uh, This is for the listeners. And Alan has a fabulous podcast device. At the end of his interview, he asks his Uh, guests seven questions. I'm not going to ask seven questions. I'm going to ask three and they're going to be about food. But if you're interested in Alan's questions, they're actually very interesting. And when I listen to his podcast, I have different responses to the questions virtually each time. So it's a dynamic exercise. But Nisa, here are my questions for you. Number one, ready? Ready? I'm ready. (laughs) Number one, what is your favorite food or cuisine? That's tough. Um, But I, without bringing the talk about food for me, I I always have to talk about what alcoholic beverage I'm drinking at the time I'm eating or or prior (laughs) or prior to being an Irish woman. And, you know, I, I don't think it's a secret that us Irish women, us Irish people are, you know, fond of the drink. Um, so are the polls. You know, so are the polls. Yeah, <laughs> and you could probably drink me under the table, AJ, actually. <laughs> um, but I do, you know, I have to say, there's no, for me, there's nothing better than an Irish fry up. Now, I'm not sure you've heard of this. So, what it is, is, you know, you take out the frying pan and you're frying, you know, your sausages, your bacon, and we call them rashers. Um, and they're nothing like the, the Canadian bacon over here. They're actually back bacon. And you've got black and, Irish, black and white pudding, which is, um, which is sheep's blood. It's, it's all very complicated. And some eggs and, and all of that. And, you know, that normally uh, is eaten the day after the night before, so to speak. And, you know, it's some soakage soaks up the alcohol from the night before it's like your hangover cure um and you know i always say that it's it's very hard to to beat an irish fry up for me in terms are there, of my food are there onions are there onions yeah. in it? no not really so not we really. have black pudding in in polish cuisine as well i'm not sure about white pudding probably too but but i know of what you speak and so what makes it special for you was going to be my next question but you've answered it partly already it's the it's the perfect hangover uh remedy and it soaks things up am i am i understanding this 
And I think as well, it's memories for me. Um, you know, if you've been out on the Saturday night and, you know, then you're all sitting around the breakfast table on a fr- on the Sunday morning and you're rehashing the night before. And, you know, it's it's the jovial, you know, taunting of each other. And, oh, what, what did you get up to last night? And, you know, that's for me how I, you know, how I, re- how I remember it and, and why it for me, it's it's something that I, you know, truly love. And what do you drink with that? Cup of, cup, of tea, cup, of tea. cup of tea, AJ. How, how could I even ask the question? I mean, this makes complete sense. And Anissa, last question. Uh, favorite restaurant anywhere in the world? Okay, so that's an easy question. And she's probably listening. Um, if I didn't say my mother's kitchen, I'd just be the worst Irish daughter going. So <laughs> Mammy's Kitchen, best restaurant in the world for me. <laughs> And down. <laughs> I must Having been make a trip. all over the world. Yes, I oh, must yes. make a trip. Yeah, welcome anytime you want. Uh, fry up? Just, does she do? Yeah. Does she do fry ups after a yeah. tough night out? Oh, she does. She does. Nothing better than it, I can tell you. I look forward to that, Anissa. Thank you so much for doing this. I know it's time out from a busy schedule. I understand that we are all busy practitioners and you are also mom and wife and uh, I appreciate your participating. I'm confident our listeners will enjoy this conversation. Thank you again. Thanks AJ. Thank you for listening. I hope you will tune in again. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach me through my website separationinontario.com. Subscribing to the podcast through your favorite app will make future episodes available to you automatically. Signing off for now.